Hey friend, thank you so much for joining me here on Bible Tract Echoes. I'm Mike McCurry, your host. We are in the middle of the week. We are diving into continuing a short series, a week-long series titled, get this now, It Ain't About You, and It Never Was. My mother, she groaned a little bit on the inside when she heard that title because she was my English teacher. I was homeschooled most of my life and I had the opportunity. My mom has, I'm very blessed with phenomenal teachers. My mom has two degrees. My dad has a master's degree and they trained me well. They trained me right in the use of English and ain't was not part of our vocabulary, but it does have a little bit of a shock. It does have a little bit of a get grab your attention quality to it. And so uh, I've used it for the title of the message that you are hearing this week. It ain't about you and it never was. I heard that phrase for the first time many years ago and for the life of me, I cannot recall where I first heard it, but it's percolated around in my mind. And we are in Genesis chapter 45. I believe what the Lord has for us this week will be a help to you if you allow it. We're here just barely into the start of a new year. And I, I don't know about you, but I need a reminder often that it ain't about me and it never was. In just a moment, we'll return to that message. We're asking and answering the question, what happens when you realize it's not about you? What happens? What happens to the Christian when they realize it, life, the goings on, uh, they're not about you? Well, I believe we have some Bible to help us with that today. Before we dive into the message, let me tell you about a gospel tract. I've got one in my hands right now called Writing the Religious Merry-Go-Round. You need gospel tracts. You need to carry gospel tracts and you need to pass them out routinely. Let me encourage you, if you don't have gospel tracts, to go to BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. We give our gospel tracts away for free and we'd love to send some to you. Writing the Religious Merry-Go-Round is a great gospel tract for folks that are religious but lost. They know the verbiage, they know the terminology, but they don't know Jesus. The Religious Merry-Go-Round, it just spins and spins and spins and lets you off at the exact same place. No closer to heaven. So this gospel tract may be a help to you. Go to BibleTractsInc.org today and order some. Now, we're going to return to this message that we've been listening to. I preached this message to my home church. I'm very blessed with a great pastor, with a good home church. I kind of think of it as, as a battleship, my home church. It's weathered many storms, and they do so much in many different aspects, camps and, and sports tournaments for kids with preaching at it. And uh, of course, the normal day-to-day uh, -day ministry, we have bus routes, three or four bus routes that go in all directions, picking up young people and underprivileged to come to church. And I'm so blessed to have a good home church. But what I'd ask you to do is this. Listen to this message that God laid on my heart for my home church because God also laid it on my heart for this hour, for this moment. As we begin this year, I'd like you to realize it ain't about you. I need to realize it ain't about me. And it never was. So listen in right now. It's not about her feelings. It's not about hardships face. It's not about hunger fairness. Let's look at this. When you realize it ain't about you, here's what happens. You see, go back to Genesis 45, you see the greater plan he has for you. 
Genesis 45, verse 5, Now therefore, Joseph says, Be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye, did sold, that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which shall neither be earing nor harvest, and God sent me before you to preserve your posterity in the earth to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but... God, are you getting the hint yet? Joseph seemed to be able to see the forest, even though he was in the middle of the trees. He seemed to be able to zoom out just a little bit and see whose hand was at work. But you realize, friend, this was not a new practice. This was not a new attitude for Joseph. He didn't just come to himself when he was in Pharaoh's house. He didn't just realize it when he had the prime minister's ring on. He had been trusting God for a long while now, hadn't he? Do the math. We're two years in the famine. There were seven years of plenty before that, right? That's nine years. He was in jail for what I believe about two years plus. Potiphar's house for a little while before that. Walking behind a smelly camel with some Ishmaelites as slavers. So we're talking 10 plus years. All the while, Joseph was aware of the greater plan. When you realize it's not about you, you realize who's actually at the helm. When you realize it's not about you, you can suffer. You don't just see the greater plan. You can suffer with God's providence in mind. We could go back through these 10 plus years, Genesis 39 through 41, those chapters there. The difficult, you want to talk about fairness, getting falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. You want to talk about justice, helping out a baker and, and, and a butler. And of course, the baker goes on to die, but the butler forgets all about him. Joseph was constantly lifting people up and getting left behind. But nowhere in here does he say, I, I don't see Joseph taking out a full page ad to tell everyone. Now, just so you understand, I'm a really good guy. It's amazing how we have to be heard. And then we forget about one who is led as a lamb to the slaughter. He didn't lift up his voice except to say, it is finished. What's your excuse? Why do you always have to have the last word? Maybe, just maybe, and this goes mother, mother to child, this goes father to child too. I realize most of the young people are over there, but young people, even up into my age with your parents and whatnot, I'd recommend that you just realize you don't have your parents forever. And some of you already well know that because you have lost one or both of them. I'd recommend even when you have that last little bomb that you could drop and say, but remember when, just shut your mouth. Your quest for fairness is pride. And only by pride cometh contention. You can't have war when one side surrenders. And when you say, all right, I'm done. When you roll over, put your paws up in the air, there's nothing to fight about anymore, is there? And you know what? You take all the air out of their sails. I heard of a story, you've heard it before, a lady that comes into the office and she is, she, she's just absolutely beside herself. She says, going to a lawyer's office, I am going to divorce my husband. I'm going to take him for everything he's worth. 
every single little bit. And the lawyer, she, she just barged in. He didn't even de- do marital law. He, he, he was just, he was like a real estate guy. He had no interest in it. And so he decided to have a little fun with her. He said, you know what? That's a great idea. He was a Christian man. You know what you should do? This will be the best way to get back at him. You really want to mess with him? I would go home and just go over the top being nice to him. Here's why I know. She's like, she's thinking, what? I want you to go home. I want you to make him breakfast in the morning. I want you to make sure all the clothes are clean. I want you to clean the house real well. I want you to greet him with a kiss. I want you to do that for just a couple a month or two or three. And then divorce him. It'll come as such a shock to him. He'll have no idea what's going on. He's, and she said, that sounds, that sounds great. She was so vindictive. That's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. She went home and did all those things. Overly kind. A couple months later, he sees a lady walking by. He said, that's the lady. Pops her. She just a big smile on her face. He said, ma'am, weren't you going to divorce your husband? She's walking by. She has the grocery bags in her arms just looking so happy. She says, no, I actually figured out I really do love the guy. She acted like it long enough that it became reality. See, some of you, some of me, we can't even act like we love them long enough for it to become true. And I can even talk this way, too. It's not just person to person. I know we come into church looking like we love them, all dudded up with a Bible in our hands, but how does it look the other five or six days out of the week? But you don't know what I've suffered. You don't know what he's suffered. Apparently, you haven't read your Bible lately. Because the passion of the Christ ain't got nothing on what really happened to him. Have you ever realized what God did for you? Have you ever thought about his death on the cross? So often we can get so consumed with self. We can get so wrapped up. Let me ask you this question as well. Have you ever killed someone with kindness? Have you ever just gone out of your way to be a blessing to someone, especially someone that was not very kind to you? I'd encourage you, if you would, friend, to do so. We are so blessed here at Bible Tracks. I'm actually hearing right now in the background, you may hear a little rumble. I'm hearing one of our staff members moving a cart around that had gospel tracks on it. And what a blessing it is to know that through whatever circumstances of life we are going through here at Bible Tracks Incorporated, above it all, above the fray, above the strife, God is preeminent. The question is, is he preeminent in your life and in mine? Let me ask you, friend, have you ever killed someone with kindness? I'd encourage you to do so. Now, before we sign off, I have one request for you. Would you consider praying for the ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated? We have so many folks, so many that have banded together with us in prayer this January. All through the month of January, we're asking people to pray for us. And just because we are a couple days in does not mean it's too late for you. If you'd like to join us in prayer to know what to pray for, I'd ask you to text me. Text the word prayer, P-R-A-Y-E-R. Text the word prayer to this phone number. I'll give you to you twice, real slow. You ready? Text me at 309 
3167240. Again, that's 3093167240. Tomorrow on the broadcast, uh, we're going to continue this message. And I'd ask you, if you would, to tune your hearts, tune your ears. We're going to talk about the fact that hurt people hurt people. You know it's true because we've all done it, but hurt people can also help people. I'm excited to share that with you tomorrow here on Bible Tract Echoes. I'm Michael McCurry, your host. If I can be a help to you, listen now to the announcer tell you all the ways you can contact us. I'd love to hear from you. My prayer is always a symbol that you have a great day, a wonderful day, a wonderful year for His glory. We'll plan on talking to you soon. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 604 a faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.